With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. edition i know we promised you that we would be doing uh a next year draft this week but uh vaquero actually made a couple good points that with all the chaos going on we're probably better served uh helping out by doing a real show and then maybe next week we'll be doing the <laughs> anyway with me as always uh live from the upper midwest is that what we call it brandon mary lee Yo, yo, yo. I'm actually in Colorado. So we're the West or the mountain range. Oh, right. But yes, yes. It, it, it was a good guess, though, because I'm also sometimes in South Dakota or Minnesota. That is upper Midwest. That's, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> and Lava uh, from uh, his home with, I guess the gardeners are off now that it's cold and nothing's growing. Christopher <laughs> H. Vaccaro. Yeah, we'll see them in the spring. But uh, hopefully your uh, fantasy teams survive this absolutely brutal week. I know we say that all the time. It seems like, oh, what a crazy week this past week was. But for real, we mean it this week. It was the craziest fantasy week that I can ever remember in 20 years of uh, play, uh, 20 plus years of playing fantasy football. So let's get into it and uh, cry in our Cheerios. I had an amazing week. My random. Yeah, that would happen. Everyone was complaining that on would, Twitter. I'm like, what do you mean? Not, not everybody. That would totally play. make sense. <laughs> that would totally make sense. I had that you had a great week. Huntley. Yeah, I was supposed to lose. You know what it was? Like, I snuck into uh, the playoffs in one of these leagues, and CBS predicted I was going to lose by like 50. And then <laughs> I, I won by 100. <laughs> I had one of those too. I went. I went into a, a home league playoff. I was a forty-two point favorite. My team was loaded. Uh, I, I lost the one seed in the last week of the regular season to drop to the three seed and play a garbage uh, six seed and lost by like sixty to that six seed because all my studs just took the week off. It was so bad, and I'm not over it. So. We're here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you two friends to get me through it. You know what I had to, uh, I'd like to shout out, R.I.P. Uh, Calvin Ridley. I had, to, I had to release him on a couple teams. I don't, yeah, think well, it's, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, you know, yeah, no. He's, if, if we'll see you next else. year, Calvin. We'll see you next <laughs> Again, year, Again, Again, it's a running joke in my mailbag of this is your weekly reminder that you should drop Calvin Ridley from your roster. I just And don't play Alex Collins ever. Those are the two things that I've said every week in the mailbag and I just uh, I mean because not only if he came back it'd be you know obviously he'd have to get back into like the 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 rhythm of everything and you know obviously things were not good and we wish him the best but he also comes back to the Falcons and I mean which I can't even speaking of this week in the insanity Russell Gage Zero points or actually startable, but no in between. And I can't stand him. I just, Russell Gage uh, has brought me so much me. rage because every week that everyone's like, you got to start him, zero. Yeah, every week you're like, I'm, I'm really not into this. Boom. In the top 10 Yeah, to well, Russell Gage is legit now. Russell Gage is, a, is like a wide receiver too now for the, fan of the rest of the fantasy playoffs. I mean, it's... Um, Until he gives you another crazy. goose egg. Because you know it's Oh, common. yeah. I mean, that'll probably happen. That'll probably happen this upcoming week. But, um, yeah, sad. And, and speaking of those Seahawks running backs, I guess that Rashad Penny dream that I was selling uh, last week isn't going to uh, come to fruition. Uh, I guess Rashad Penny, uh, I should have said uh, Craig Reynolds there instead. <laughs> yeah, right. Craig Reynolds. We would have accepted Josh Reynolds as well, actually. Any, anybody named right? How about Ryan Reynolds? Is he playing? I mean, oh, he, he sponsors the show. Well, not there you show. go. <laughs> he still scored more points than Daryl Henderson. So you know what? I, mean, I got a quote. Do a victory lap. No, I mean, come on. It's just wild. It's wild times. So Jor- Jordan Rodriguez. And here's, here's kind of the interesting thing. Like, you know, the Dalvin Cook explosion when he was playing, you know, with that shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. 
is sandwiched between uh, Kareem Hunt being eased back in and Daryl Henderson, who I you know was COVID, but it was still not, not part of the game plan as much as we thought. And Jordan Rodriguez got a quote from uh, Sean McVay that I want to read. Uh, this is still open wound for me as a Daryl Henderson guy. I think he's really brought a toughness to our offense, McVay said about Sonny Michel. You saw the body of work that he had in New England. Really, I think about when they ended up beating us in the Super Bowl, that stretch run, they really shifted their identity where they leaned on him and they were pounding. They were physical. We've been able to do that with him. It's like Sean McVay hates Daryl Henderson, Vaccaro. It's like, the dude, like, remember that Malcolm Brown game after Henderson ripped off those those big 100-yard games last year? And he's like, well, he matched up better with the Giants, you know. It's like they don't uh, want to play Henderson. No, no, no. Why, why are you looking at it like that? I mean, McVay he just said it. wrote... He's not physical enough. They Nando, Nando, why are you ignoring the first 13 weeks of the season when Henderson was the man and the lead back and McVay sent him out there religiously and Sony Michelle was a complete afterthought? Then Henderson gets hurt. Sony Michelle for the last two weeks, takes over and is the lead back with Henderson out. And Henderson was on COVID all week long, gets back over the weekend, is probably still... F- you know, just had just gotten over it. He wasn't going to get the job totally back to himself last night versus Seattle. I mean, I don't know how you could look at it like that. Sony Michelle filled in nicely. Um, he he looks he looked really good these last couple of weeks, running and running hard. So I think you could be fair and say that going forward, they'll be in a maybe sixty forty time slit. Maybe Henderson kind of lost a little bit of uh, you know the, the stranglehold on the job, but Daryl Henderson was his lead back all year long because he had no choice. Why Sony Michelle wasn't around? Sony Michelle was around. He was still learning. He wasn't part of that. He was learning. Uh, all right, Brandon. What do you think right. about this? You, are you okay going back to Daryl Henderson next week? Then who me? No, I mean, I mean, I don't think you could put him in your lineup and be like, "Oh, I'm safe with Daryl Henderson again." Uh, how about how about Sony Michelle? Are you okay putting Sony Michelle? In yeah, there? yeah, of course. I think as an RB two, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that part of this is gamesmanship to try to keep people guessing as to who will be on there. A lot of play, a lot of you know, coaches like to do that when they have two viable players. Um, not my favorite move obviously as a fantasy player but i understand it from a coach's perspective it's how they're going to run the ball not whether they're going to run the ball so i understand that concept um i think that there's a possibility that they were easing him in on purpose and that we shouldn't be freaking out too much and then all of a sudden we're at minnesota and we're good to go um but you know Minnesota they is have actually what most teams a have, better. Yeah, most people have. They have what most teams committee. have now. It's a one-two punch. Yeah. It's a. It's an. It's an Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon combo now. Williams it's, Gordon. You, know, you have. I mean. Like, yeah, you got everything. Pollard's Zeke. I mean, right. there's a lot of times where you get frustrated, and with the Pollard Zeke, it's gone in and out of being a share, right, and gone different uh, directions. Yeah. So I think right. that that you have to kind of. Look at what the week's going to do. You know, in terms of Minnesota, you know, uh, Eli Mitchell killed them. And remember, I think that that was the week where we were like, oh, is it going to be like Jeff Wilson or whatever else? You know, um, Najee Harris killed them. Um, but both of them did it both in the air and on the ground. And I think that's just more Henderson. So I, I need to see how this week pans out. But I'm, I'm intrigued by this. And I think that there's a possibility that they both score points. I don't think either of them are going to be the 20 points like those two dudes that I just talked about. But I do think there's a possibility both of them score double-digit points against Minnesota next week. Yeah, it's just, the, the, you know, the, the days of rolling Henderson out there and, and calling him a top eight fantasy back every week like we were in September, October, those days are over now that Sony Michelle's grabbed such a larger chunk of this backfield. And they needed that. It's, it's the playoffs. They might have to go into Green Bay... Uh, other places on the road, possibly. They need that guy that can run it in between the tackles, run hard, pick up those tough five-yard five, five yard runs. That's Sony Michelle's job now. And Henderson, is we, we've seen him to be brittle. Um, and, you know, he's more of a, an Aaron Jones type where he, not an I don't want to take that. Let's not use that. But he can, he can help you out on the third downs and, and receiving and stuff like that. So, you know, this worked out beneficial to them. They got Sony Michelle more involved in their offense. They have another weapon, and they have a, what most 
teams have is a you know a two back system now, and that's that's the way you got to look. And at And to it. be fair, some of the two back systems were working really well, including Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Both of them scored double digit points against them. Baltimore, there were three double digit running backs that put, when they played against Minnesota. Uh, Detroit, you know, both Swift and Williams were playable. I don't think this is the end of the world. I'd like to see how things are progressing with Anderson. Um, and I, I think we're, we're just talking about like, he's going to be in a flex start sit questions conversation, not an automatic RB two. That's all. And that was such another disappointment teams offense uh, in week 15 that we just came out of along with, I mean, I guess 95% of the teams, it, you know, I can't stress enough. You, you guys all watched it. I'm not breaking any news. How bad, Fantasy football was this uh, past week. Offenses bombed. Not only offenses bombed, but stacks. Stacks bombed. Uh, Big-time offenses bombed. The the Bengals, okay, with Burrow and all those receivers and Mixon, they all bomb. Um, the, uh, the Rams last night, it wasn't great, but Cooper Cup bailed you out. Tampa Bay Buccaneers was an absolute bomb. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys came to New York, and their offense pretty much bombed. So big-time offenses that that fantasy players are heavily invested in this uh, week, they all took Week 15 off. That's why you look across, like I look across my high-stakes overall standings, and the scores are the lowest I've ever seen for a one week. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, this Sunday was the lowest amount of touchdowns ever scored on a Sunday. Granted, there was four extra games that we had to play on Monday and Tuesday, but 40 total touchdowns scored on Sunday was the absolute lowest in 27 years on a Sunday. And if you look at those 40 touchdowns that were scored, I'd say about 25% of them were by like absolute nobodies that um, weren't in fantasy lineups. So there wasn't production all day long. We kept waiting for it, waiting for it. Got to Sunday night, it didn't come. Got to Monday night with two games. Both the games sucked. And there was no fantasy production, barely. And then we got to Tuesday, and the same thing again. There was barely any fantasy production. So you look at scores, it was the lowest across the board. It was the ugliest week possible, and it wiped out a lot of fantasy uh, you know, playoff teams that were great for 14 weeks, got to week 15, and their teams bombed. It- Didn't this happen last year? Wasn't week 15 the, one, the week that everyone always talks about, like where all their stars bomb? I feel like this is ha- this is like deja vu. Uh, I wish I could remember back that far, Nando, but I, I could tell you this much. It, it definitely wasn't as bad well, no, I mean, as it was this week. I mean, nothing ever was. Only- like 150 total points was an unbelievable week this yeah, week. Yeah, uh, only two running backs scored over 20 fantasy points in half-point PPR lanes. It was JT, thank God for Jonathan Taylor, um, and then uh, Duke Johnson, and that was it. JT, baby. How about JT breaking that long touchdown run with two minutes left in the saving game? Saving us. And, mm. and saving his fantasy owners. And, I mean, it, it was crazy. It was like, wow, we get to the playoffs and Taylor's going to have his worst game of the season. <laughs> and then he breaks that long touchdown run. And he he was on 10 fantasy PPR points at the time of the run. 10. Yeah. And, you know, finishes as uh, 23 points. I don't know. What other running back off the top of my head? I think he was the number two overall fantasy running back for week 15 with his 23 points. Uh, who am I forgetting that was number one? Do uh, Dante, Fo- Dante Foreman. No. Uh, you sure about that? Duke Johnson. Yeah. Duke Johnson was the number one. Yeah, Duke, that's who it was. I knew it was, I knew it was yeah, another yeah. turd. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Duke Johnson. And then Jeff Imagine Wilson was turds. number three. Nah, you're, you know what, Nando, I, I, I say, I've been saying this for a month now with you. I mean, I like to bust your chops and everything, but Deontay Foreman is a legit starting fantasy football running back. RB2 uh, action. You know, and he has been. <laughs> Who? What'd you say? Foreman's RB2, yeah. baby. Uh-huh. He's, yeah. he's RB1 in some, I mean, he's he's got the fourth most rushing yards over the last three weeks in the NFL. There is an argument to be made there. Yeah, I mean, he is a legit... He's a legit starter. He's it's a like he's go, a go set it and Henry. forget it. He's a go set it and Henry forget it. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a set it and forget it right now. I mean, I Foreman, feel so. like um, this year you had to stay vigilant. There were just so many ups and downs in terms of who you could play or not play, and so you know, um, it's it'll be interesting to kind of do it like a I mean a couple to look back and say like okay I spent all my fab on Elijah Mitchell was that the right move and I think you could debate 
that um, because I'm not quite really sure. Can. You really can debate that yeah. because it was it, Brandon. It, it, you really could, especially. Yeah. And we're just going to stick on Elijah Mitchell there, Brandon. Like he won you leaks. He was a superstar for yeah. multiple weeks, and but he's been hurt and was out for weeks, and now he's out for weeks again. I doubt he's there for us tomorrow night uh, in week 16. So that's two of the two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, that's a tough read on if that was a successful move or not, in fact. Yeah, I think it's going to be a debate. I think people look favorably. People are going to look favorably upon him if you had him on your team. I, I, think, I think you look favorably. It was the right call. He just right. he got, he hurt. got hurt. I know, but is that is that worth 70% of your budget? And, and True. the problem That's was the you needed to use that budget all year. Out of all the years, this was one where you really needed to pick up these Deontay Foremans, these, um, you know, D- Gabriel Davis. I mean, there are people that, like, were really key here at the end. And if you spent all your fab already, like, I did really well in a lot of leagues where I kind of, like, was rationing my fab. And I did a lot of pickups on the second day. Like, I kind of let, like, the big stars go. And I picked up second day people that I kind of was, like, foresight on. And that kind of worked out. But I think you could debate either way because sometimes I'm like, yeah, but there were times where I did get my little tushy kicked by Elijah Mitchell. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying like he's going to be an interesting debate when you're talking about technique in the new year. Um, And so, it, yeah, I I don't know what we're going to do with him. Um, You know, I mean, they're saying that he's going to be a game time decision again this week. If he's there, you play him especially when you look around at the running back landscape right now. But what do, what do we do with Wilson then? What do we do? Yeah, that's I wouldn't want to be stepping into that pile. Because he was the third running back this week, which is why I brought him up, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, and, and a lot of people, myself included, held on to Wilson forever thinking, oh, well, maybe he's going to be the guy, especially when Mitchell was hurt, right? Like, oh, this would be smart. And then at some point I had to get rid of him because I just had to do something. Someone else picked him up, and now I'm like, oh, those people are lucky, but are they? Because are they going to have to start Wilson and then Mitchell comes back and then who knows? Painful decision. Painful. I think the whole Elijah Mitchell uh, San Francisco debacle in terms of fantasy is just hard to read because you can actually argue both directions. And you throw Brandon Ayuk in that mix too and even Jimmy Garoppolo oh, a little bit. Yeah. And I think at the end of the year you're going to have to be like, did they have good years? Were they worthwhile players? Because they had big weeks. And they, they had streaks, but they, I mean, they never really added up. And you're going to have to, this is why when you're in the off season, people are like, so-and-so scored the most fantasy points on the yard. You have to be like, okay, but when, how, okay. Yeah. Like just saying someone scored the most fantasy points. If someone had a 40 point game that put them up a ton of places and you have to decide how am I building my team and when. So if someone's getting drafted in the first two rounds and you look back and you're like, wait, two games were like. 25 points plus and the rest of it was garbage that's not someone you want to take in the first couple rounds just isn't looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, you brought up Joe Burrow right there, Nando, mm. and what an epic bombing in Denver. That whole game was just uh, like watching uh, paint dry and Jamar Chase, who carried people into the fantasy playoffs, dropping a 1.3 points. Uh, Joe Mixon, stud all year long, top five running back, gives seven points and gets hurt. Uh, we could go through everybody on both sides of the ball, but it was just an epic bombing on both sides. If you had, and and both of those teams support a lot of fantasy players that you see in people's fantasy lineups, and everybody took the week off. And um, you know, I, I don't, I, I still am shaking my head that Jerry Judy caught zero balls, zero yards 
on two targets. Do you know that Tim Patrick is the number one wide receiver on the season for Denver, period? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't he was even yeah. drafted in most leagues. So. I mean, we haven't heard from Cortland Sutton in feels like forever, too. Like, how do you like every week you go into like setting lineups and you're like, you know what? I could see this game being, you know, a game where the Denver offense, you know, comes to life in the pass game. And then they don't support anybody. Like Sutton, nothing. Judy, again, like, I mean, this is epic bombing. Judy usually is good for like 10, 12 fantasy points. He'll give you like a five for 50. But none of these guys get in the end zone. And uh, I don't know. Now, I, I highly doubt we see Teddy Bridgewater after that scary hit. Um, we definitely won't, as a matter of fact. There's no way they'll play him this week after being completely knocked out the way he was six days earlier. So what does Drew Locke brings to this offense, this passing offense? Is he the is he the key that unlocks Cortland Sutton deep? And, um, you know, and maybe even Jerry Judy, even though going into the season when Teddy Bridgewater won this job, it was like, let's move Jerry Judy up a round or two because that works out perfectly for Jerry Judy and the chemistry that he had with Bridgewater. If Locke was going to be the quarterback, then we'd be like, oh, let's keep Jerry Judy right where he is on the draft board. Um, so it's a it's a wait and see. I don't really uh, think that Drew Locke is the answer here to unlock any of these keys, but uh, any of these guys, but he's got to do better than Teddy Bridgewater, that's for sure. Well, someone's got to pop, right? I mean, like, you can't... Someone, nobody, I mean... Everybody's not going to suck, right? Like, Drew Locke comes in... Uh, go, we've like been saying somebody. that for a month. We've been oh, saying that for a month, point, and other man. than... And other than Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, who they even took Week 15 off, I mean, it's it's a heavy run game. They both usually two running backs that you can trust uh, for a couple months now, and uh, nobody in the past game. Brandon, you're there in Denver. What are the, what are the locals saying? <laughs> are you walking around town, Brandon, <laughs> asking everybody? Um, yeah, you know what? I actually just like bathe my baby in COVID when I can. Uh, no, I, I will say, though, that the <laughs> local markets um, and the radio here and whatnot, A, from the get-go, I actually, Tim Patrick was kind of my like Mr. Irrelevant of the year because everyone here loves him and he's been like just solid forever. Now, he still only gets like one or two points every once in a while too because he's a Denver wide receiver. So don't get me wrong, but it is intriguing that um, he's kind of always been buzzy. He also got extended. This is for next year too, thinking forward. Um, really the big talk here is about whether or not they're going to get fire Fangio early and so that they can do this year. You can talk to the assistant coaches two weeks in advance. So there's a lot of like coaching conversations Will players play for coaches, but blah, blah. So that's more the talk than anything else because everyone's done with this. So not only in fantasy, are they done with this in real football? They're done with this. So just in general, I'm trying to avoid it. I'm just going to say again, you guys, these shared backfields, we, we on this show have said it from the get-go that it was going to happen. It continues to happen. It is life. And we as fantasy players need to adjust our technique and the way that we look at this game moving forward. I think most teams are going to be doing this throughout um, because of the long season, too, and with COVID and everything else, this writing on the wall stuff. So just kind of a, a recap there on that. But, yeah, no, I think it's a really bad circumstance. Bridgewater, lock. I don't even care. That's the circumstance. I don't even care. I don't think it's good for anybody ever because it's not like Bridgewater was killing it with these guys. And I remember the rationale, which I supported too. It's like, well, he supported Robbie Anderson and other fantasy people last year. Yeah, but Denver came in and just brutalized that. So sorry, everybody. It stinks. There's nothing else to say. Bad. Um, Vaccaro doesn't want me to talk about this, but I do want to bring up this one thing really quickly, just because <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting where my brain went. And we're not going to we're not going to dwell on it. But the new yeah, we protocols, are. well, Brandon brought it up. The new protocols for COVID I find super interesting. Yeah. And this is almost an impossible task. But, uh, you know, football players, baseball players, whatever, if, they, if they're hurt, they never say anything. You know, they play through everything. So for someone who's vaccinated to have to self-report any kind of COVID symptoms that they might find to be mild, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think what's going to happen is they're not, you know, not going to be tested. You're randomly tested for. You can get away with it for a while. It's the unvaccinated guys. We saw it happen to Cole Beasley yesterday. He got dinged on like the th- third day of this new protocol. These unvaccinated guys are going to be around people who have COVID but are vaccinated but aren't getting tested and aren't reporting it. Um, and I think it's going to take out a lot of these guys who are unvaccinated, like the Kirk Cousins, the uh, Cole Beasleys. And I, the problem is we don't know who's vaccinated who's not vaccinated. 
there were some guys who were very loud about it. Um, but I, I don't know, man. If, like, if I'm going into this week and next week with Kirk Cousins as my quarterback, I'm picking up someone to back him up as quickly. I, I might have to waste a spot that I didn't want to waste to make sure I have a backup quarterback. Um, and I know it's not the most earth-shattering of examples. I know people, I don't think people are relying on Kirk Cousins. But I just, you know, I thought this through in my brain, you know, like what these protocols mean. And it just seems like they're, they're just upping the exposure to the unvaccinated players a lot. Um, and that's all. I know Chris hates when we talk about this. Stuff, well, it just hit me. And I, no, I mean, like if that's hey, listen, if that is your point, then OK, I, I get it. But you wanted to talk about like as a strategy, like we know of the Cole Beasley's of the world and the Kirk Cousins, because those stories are like were made public that they're unvaccinated and stuff. You can't back up a Cole Beasley, but sure, you could back up a Kirk Cousins. But Nanda, like, we don't have that information on players, so right, what we else can we do with players. it? Right. Yeah, uh, no, two. Like, can name somebody there's else more, other than Kirk Cousins. All right, name uh, some name name an unvaccinated good player that we're going to start in our fantasy lineups that you know is unvaccinated because he went public with it being against it. Other than Cole Beasley, who yeah, he's a solid contributor, but nothing that's going to ruin our chances. Or a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, which is important. Go ahead. Uh, maybe Antonio Brown. For, do you think he got vaccinated? He said he's going to do a video of getting vaccinated, I think. I mean, he said of, of getting boosted. His agent said getting boosted. That would be crazy. Yeah. You know what? That would be so crazy if he got COVID or put on the COVID list in this next, like, seven days after everything that he's, he's <laughs> gone through. That would be amazing. And let's talk about Antonio Brown here because that's the hot topic right now. Like, imagine, I was even yeah. thinking about dropping him. I was thinking about dropping because I was convinced that they were going to just hold him mm-hmm. And, and then release him as soon as he became, um, you know, available to play after the suspension was over. I still thought they were going to do that. But you know what? Sunday night happened. Godwin goes down for the year. And Mike Evans has a hamstring that I think will keep him out this week at least. Fournette's done on the IR now too. Like the whole <laughs> offense got shot. They need to be like, oh, like welcome back, Antonio. We missed you. Here you go. And we've seen what Antonio Brown's done in this offense when Godwin or Evans, one of these guys, is out. This is a player that could win you a fantasy championship now these next couple of weeks. If, if he hits the ground running, Brady's got to pepper him with targets these next couple of weeks. He might step in and be a wide receiver one if you held on to him uh, you know, for all this time, which is like 10 weeks if you think about it. I mean, you think he got hurt week six? I think that was the last time we saw him. I've been holding him on two of my big teams that are in the playoffs, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like looking down at your bench and plugging in a wide receiver one, the opportunity he's stepping back into here. Yeah, no, you're right. The last time he played was week six. You have to do it. Um, They have to, yeah, welcome him with open arms because that is the world in which we live right now. Um, And so it's going to be really important. Now, um, Let's talk a little bit about week 16's schedule. Okay. Mm. So we have so far just one Monday night game, right? But things. Uh, that's going to change, Brandon. Yeah, things can get pushed, things can get wild, what have you. In terms of technique with COVID, my thought is this becomes a start sit question in terms of earlier games versus late games. For me, someone gets a little bit of a boost from me if it's an earlier game and I know I can play them if I'm deciding between two players. That's how I'm viewing COVID. So if I'm deciding between two players... You're, wait, you're saying you're saying if you're deciding between a third, someone playing in tomorrow night's game and Thursday night or two of the games on Christmas Day on Saturday compared to... Uh, you know, maybe a four o'clock start on Sunday or a Monday night game. If you're making that, you know, decision and it's close, you opt for the earlier player because these COVID protocols can pop up within the 24 hours. You could wake up Sunday morning and hear, boom, this player got put on COVID yeah. and you're crap out of luck. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's a lot of games yeah. that are early enough where I'm like, this is, I'm just putting it in my factors. I'm not saying it's an auto start for me. I'm just saying if it's close, that will be a deciding factor for me. And I would advise people to do the same just because we do not know. Um, also, if they have symptoms, um, 
they'll get tested, right? And the problem is, is that this new variant is very sneeze heavy and um, very uh, congestion heavy. So it's gonna be really hard to hide that. It's not just like a fever and losing your sense of taste. It's very whatever. It's like less dramatic. That's what at least the, the rumors are here. Also, it's incredibly contagious. So it could spread very quickly in a room. Very, very and it is, and and you see, and you see, as soon as you see one player on a team get put on the COVID list, it's like it you're waiting for the dominoes to fall because you know we saw Kelsey goes on COVID for the Chiefs uh, two days ago, and then boom, Tyree Kill, a couple DBs, this guy, that guy. We've seen it with multiple teams already, where it just goes flying through the team. So as soon as you see a player go on the list, you can be sure that he's not going to be the only one and the whole team's going to get spared. We've seen it with the Rams with 25 players going yeah. on COVID and, and on and on and on. So, so it's not even uh, just vaccination you know, status. Although I agree with you, Chris. If, if you asked me, name a running back that you know their vaccination status, I would say, I do not know. It is, I am, I am so unclear. I don't know who's risked what, whatever. So to me, this is a deciding factor. It's just the world in which we live. And, you know, all of us live on the East Coast and it is like impossible to get a COVID test right now because it's contagious through everyone. And this is not some sort of political weirdo conversation we're having here. This is our strategy for a game in which we love. You got to play the people that are playing they got to get the points, and unfortunately, that makes that Monday night game with the Dolphins Saints a real long shot for me. I'm obviously Alvin Kamara is starting, but almost no one else, literally on that t- those two teams, do I want to have a part of because I have no idea what's going to happen mm-hmm. between now and Sunday or Monday. Yeah, it's a it's survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. We've been saying this since last week. Yep. Uh, things have gotten completely out of control now in the last seven to ten days in COVID, especially. Well, not even. I was just going to say on the East Coast, but no, L L uh, California is getting ravaged with it. So yeah. it's across all the United States. It's back. It's something we're going to have to deal with. Uh, as a as a fantasy player with a lot of money on the line here, I literally go through my day holding my breath, just staring at my phone <laughs> and waiting to see what players of mine are going to get affected. And and I totally expect every day from here on out for these fantasy playoffs that five, ten players are going to get put on the list each day. And you're going to have to adjust accordingly. And you're going to have to hope your roster is deep enough to make plug-and-play uh, ends and and your superstars are the ones that dodge these bullets. But I mean, look at guys that you know after Thursday night, their Chiefs stack of Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, or any combo of those two, they flew up the overall standings in high stakes um, leaderboards. They were sitting pretty. Oh my God, my Chiefs came through. I'm gonna win all the money this year. Uh, you know, the rest of the weekend bombs out. Uh, so they're even in a better position. And now you go into week two and you might not have Kelsey and Hill. So these are the things you're going to have to deal with. This is, you know, this is bad luck, good luck. And as much as we like to say, you know, skill is, um, you know, the number one thing playing fantasy football here. Uh, this year, more than ever, you're going to need luck and you're going to need to dodge this COVID bullet for another 14 days here because that's the number one thing that's going to make you win in fantasy uh, this year is what players you actually stay COVID free and are available to you to even put in your line. And I'm going to stress what I did last week too, which is just that like, I think you also have to change your mentality of like handcuffing and backups to different teams. Because if they're in the same room with this, those dudes, there's a very good chance that other person that you would play in that person's stead will also get COVID. So just, um, I think that it is a little bit of technique here, but I, I do think you're right. I, I, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of luck. And, and that's just the world in which we live, you know? So hopefully it gets better. But yep. right now, you know, let's make some money. <laughs> that's all we care about. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's, and you know what? Let, let's, I know, I know we're a fantasy show and I always like to keep it fantasy related, but you know, I am absolutely loving as stressful as the time is right now with the COVID and, and the players going in and out. I loved the schedule this past week, a Thursday night game. We had our Saturday night game. Uh, you know, a full schedule on Sunday. We had a double header on Monday, another double header uh, last night. It was, you know, six, seven straight hours of football for us, crazy 
fantasy fanatics on Monday and Tuesday. Like, I loved it. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure we might be dealing with that again this week with a game or two maybe moved to Monday or Tuesday. But schedule-wise, I love it. And, and you know, on Christmas Day, we get a doubleheader again. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting times. I feel like football is almost like every day right now. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you sound enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just, I don't know how to. I thought you were going to keep going, and then it got silent. So no, I, I mean, uh, no, so I, I mean, that. that was gotcha. you, were, you were still ramping up. Um, I thought you got. Well, I do. I want to. Well, here, so here we have. A, there is a rundown. Uh, I'll give you. Some <laughs> we choices. haven't even touched yeah. on it. <laughs> we got some of the stuff by accident. Uh, <laughs> Austin Eckler, very weird situation right now. There were reports that he was going on the COVID list, and then he didn't, and now no one really knows what's going on with him. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, but like Russell Wilson sucks. We can talk about like, where did that come from? Because they uh, shouldn't have brought yeah, we, him back. And then his mental game has been like off too. So he just needs an off season. Out. He needs an off season. He's going to be a great late round quarterback target next year. No probs, but don't play him now. Yeah. But what do you do? Week, what do you do? Week 16. He won't be on the season. You should have started Jared Goff um, next year. I mean, that's how bad it is. Yeah. I, I, you know, so start anybody else. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, you know what, Brandon, you say that and then you look up and he gets the Bears this week and he gets the Lions in championship week. Now, if you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback, you're probably already golfing. But if you somehow do or if he's your backup quarterback or whatever and your starter is, you know, maybe not in a good position or whatever, I I can't recommend going back to him. But if he gets Tyler Lockett back, and uh, DK Metcalf is starting to look a little healthier. He looked pretty good to me last night. I know Russell Wilson's struggling. He looks like he's just uneasy in the pocket. The offense kind of sucks, but you know, with a healthy Metcalf and a healthy Lockett out there versus the Bears and Lions these next two weeks, he should be able to get you 20 fantasy points. The thing that surprised me last night watching the game with a couple of my friends we were, and trying to be like, what happened with Russell Wilson? He just doesn't take off and run anymore like you know Russ used to take off and run like 60 70 yards every game he was like a half-assed Lamar Jackson he doesn't tuck the ball and take off and run anymore and I wonder if he's just trying to protect himself get into the offseason demand his trade get out of town and start over fresh as the Denver Broncos starting quarterback Um, I think it's definitely a Broncos starting quarterback situation but I will say he has only scored over 20 fantasy points in standard scoring with a four-point um, touchdown to be frank um, with no bonuses mm-hmm. he's only scored 20 fantasy points one time since week four yeah since Plus, week four another, yeah. he's only scored yeah. over 17 fantasy well i mean to be fair I, to be fair brandon he yeah, i mean how many games since week four did he play he missed a he lot like three, or three four games. games with the injury missed three games three That's games it. and then the bye yeah. he had one um, two three four, five, six games without 20 fantasy points. Yeah, I mean, listen, terrible, terrible season for him. Terrible season for the Seahawks, um, uh, you know, uh, team in general. And DK Metcalf is a bust. Uh, Let's be frank about that. He's been terrible. Uh, Lockett's been the only one that's been pretty decent. Since Russell Wilson's injury, I don't want to, like, pat myself here, but the the DK Metcalf situation was dire. It has. It went way downhill. Starting in week six, he never went over twenty fantasy points in a half point PPR league. He got close, nineteen point three in week eight. Other than that, there was one decent week against New Orleans with sixteen point six. This is half point, no bonuses. Every other week, single digits since week six. Yeah. Single digits. Can, uh, can, can we imagine a team that has, and they're probably out um, as well, golfing, as Chris calls it, even though it's forty degrees out. If you got not, not on the West Coast, it isn't DK Metcalf mm-hmm. and Michael Pittman, like Michael Pittman. Oh, after being amazing, yeah, and like yeah, being like Terrell Owens, you're like mm-hmm. what? What happens? Like week, I think ten, just like he just disappeared. Uh, I, I don't have Pittman's stats up right in front of me, Nando, but this past week, go ahead. Um, listen, I could I could tell you this much as a big Michael Pittman owner. Uh, the middle of the season from like weeks like. Three or four to like ten were great. Mm-hmm. We're, we're yeah. Really, he was amazing. But if you remember, we we talked about it. The industry talked about it. his schedule was 
amazing those six seven weeks he had really soft defenses no great you know top corner to go up against so he was gonna shine and he did and he lived up to the hype now he's run into some tough defenses and some tough you know the ran into jc jackson this past week and jc jackson shut him down and the game was a little ugly and Wentz, uh you know threw the ball five uh completed five passes i think it was what was he 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 had like 60 passing yards it was unbelievable what certain certain teams uh, approaches in games are but they were just like we're just gonna run jonathan taylor and give him the ball and and not drop back and pass versus this patriots defense and they didn't and Pittman was you know he felt the effects of it what if you could what if you had the choice what if you're in a spot brand i'll go to you with this one because uh, chris hates either ors where you could start saquon barkley <laughs> saquon barkley or michael Pittman is your last decision for your flex spot barkley yeah all right cool that was easy. Well, I like mean, Barkley, like Barkley's been good lately. Yeah, not, not I, good. I, I, Barkley's third among running backs and targets in the last three games. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad play. I mean, I think obviously the Dallas game, tragic, whatnot, but um, you know, he was double digit in both the the games before that. He's getting a little more usage. Um, you know, I'm okay with it. And in uh, Philadelphia, you know, they give up the tenth most fantasy points to half point PPR leagues. They're not. Um, you know, they're, they're a pretty decent matchup for him. So I would go with him just because Pittman, I don't think there's a chance that he's going to get one point, whereas Pittman has proven that's a, that's a chance. It's a chance. And, uh, you know, they just, they don't need him because Jonathan Taylor is a boost. And so it's like, even though, you know, the Patriots have this mantra of like wanting to shut down your best player, like there is no way to shut down Jonathan Taylor right now. So until that happens, I just don't see Pittman being the kind of player that I need right now. Now, again, I'm not advocating for Saquon Barkley in normal circumstances, but if you say those two, I'd, I'd probably go Barkley because I just think he has a higher floor. I was so sure. Like, I was telling people, do not trade Michael Pittman. This, you know, people are getting trades, you know, right around week, or Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do not, don't trade Pittman. He's amazing. He's, you know, he catches everything. Wentz throws these rainbows. Pittman comes down with everything. And I feel bad that I told him to hold on to Michael Pittman. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Do you, Nando? I mean, you know, Saquon only scored 7.3 points against Philadelphia um, earlier this year in Week 12. But that was only his second game back. Things were a hot mess. It was like this, the ending score was 13-7. Do you guys remember this game? Tragic. But I think that he's he, he looks healthier to me, eye test-wise. And I think they're giving him more looks. And I think that he will do fine. But again, I don't think he's a high ceiling guy, but he's a higher floor. And with COVID and with everyone going out and all the insanity that's going on, I think I'm going low or higher floor this week for a lot of picks. And I I hate that. that. I hate that. But I think that's where we're at, people. (laughs) I wanted to bring up one of the things on your um, outline. Is that okay, Nando? You did a good yeah, job. Yeah, I lost track. What is it? Is it? I want to bring go, up Najee Harris. Way to stick. Way to stick to your rundown, Nando. <laughs> We've got most really of had it. control. Really had control of this episode, Nando. The only name Talked we haven't to... said on this rundown is Gabe Davis, I believe. But Brandon wants to talk Najee Harris. Yeah, we didn't say that him either. So I did want to say on this season. So it's intriguing. So yeah, over a thousand yards. People aren't really talking about it much. Um, last week bombed. So then people are going to be upset, right? But I just want to say. He also led the league so far in snap count for all running backs, 85% of the snaps um, he has played in. And just to let you know, in terms of also like circling in the share situation, Jonathan Taylor, who's a stud, we would never call him in a shared backfield, only played in 67% of the snaps. Almost So the idea that you're going to get someone that's on the field 100% of the time kind of needs to be reevaluated, Okay. We need to look at quality of touches, what they do with the touches. You got to get a little bit deeper into analytics, I think, for these running back positions moving forward, because this just isn't a thing that's happening. But it is happening with Najee Harris. So in terms of next year, in terms of what happens, especially determining what's going to happen with the quarterback situation, which I think has really affected his up and down nature that has nothing to do with him as a rookie running back, I think he's a, I think he's a potential future stud. And I want to say that in a week where he bombed. I just want to point out because people linger on end of season feelings and they're not rational. So if he knocked you out of the playoffs, I'm sorry, that sucks. There's no way to, to make that up. But moving forward, we need to look at these numbers a little bit deeper. And it's really interesting because even last week, 
Okay. In week 15, he was the only running back who played in a hundred percent of the snaps. And Jonathan Taylor had one of his weaker games that had that one big play. He was on 98% of the snaps, but then it goes down to 89% for Dalvin Cook, and it goes down quite a bit into the 70s and 60s fast. No one's on the field all the time anymore, people. It just isn't happening. No, and I think if you – I think you just said Dalvin Cook there, Brandon. And other than Jonathan Taylor, I think for these fantasy playoffs, I don't think there's any other running back you would want that doesn't leave the field uh, pretty much other than uh, Taylor and and Cook right Mm -hmm. there. I think those would be my top two fantasy running backs. But you talked about Harris. I think he'll be a second-round draft pick next year. Uh, Ben will be gone depending on what quarterback they bring in to run the show there. Uh, and hopefully they upgrade the offensive line. I think you could you, you expect Harris to be an early second round workhorse back, maybe even back end of the first round. But you you talked about Harris and running backs that are dominating the snap percentage in their backfields that are you know big time names. I want to talk about one that was surprisingly jumped out to me when I was looking at uh, stats and, and and snap percentage, who I think is a uh, very fantasy relevant back here. Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills played 95% of the snaps. And who would have Mm -hmm. thought in the Buffalo Bills backfield that's been a complete mess the whole year long with the rotating, you know, Zach Moss is the lead guy. Singletary's useless. Here comes Matt Breida, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, these last three weeks, it's been Singletary's show and he's produced. And, And believe it or not, he's actually saved me in one of my big leagues where I've lost Eli Mitchell and Damian Harris these last couple of weeks, and I had to look down at my bench and go, oh, God, i got to bring in Devil and Singletary. And he's pumped out 16 and 17 fantasy points for me uh, and gotten the job done. I think the last two weeks he's been a top 12 RB1 for fantasy uh, and playing 95% of the snaps at this point in the season. Hey, I'll roll him right back out there again. So... This guy came out of nowhere as well. Yep, 82% last week, too. So, I mean, it's not like it was just one week. It's it's the other weeks. I, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. And then well, also it's his James Robinson. It's his show now. Then. He went back up to 84% of the snap count, um, up from like 44% just two weeks ago because, you know, Urban Meyer mm-hmm. hated him. He did well last week. He gets the Jets this week. Those of you that held on to James Robinson and can still play him, you're feeling very good. Um, it's yeah. very interesting, you know, looking at what's going on here. And every every year in these, like, week 16 and now week 17, um, there's always rando dudes that are going to have to be played. Um, but yeah. it's, it's fascinating. And no more than this year. And it came out of nowhere this year. It, it's I mean, I, I think the top four fantasy running backs, uh, we sent it in a group chat with me and my friends, the top four fantasy running backs this past week, if you look at the names, you're like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, what a – what a you know a, a badge of honor for the zero RB crowd that doesn't believe in <laughs> drafting big running backs and just be like, hey, let's go heavy receiver and then we'll pick off running backs here and there. But Deontay Foreman, Jeff Wilson, Craig Reynolds, and one other – oh, and Duke Johnson. Uh, I mean, those were your top four fantasy running backs, I believe, point-wise, this past yeah. week. That's – Incredible. That's four uh, waiver scrap heap guys right there in week 15 of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, imagine saying that at the wide receiver position, which has taken four guys that weren't drafted in a top 20 overall, uh, a top 20 uh, round draft. I mean, it, it is, it's mind Yeah, and I don't want to like go back to too much of a topic, but I think this is the technique issue thing again, right? With Elijah Mitchell, because here's, here's the problem is that you still have to get to you still had to have gotten to the playoffs to have had a chance to play Jeff Wilson as, at his best. So it, you right. also have to measure this with when did I pick up this person and what did I get out of them? Because if you got into the playoffs because you had Elijah Mitchell and you picked up Jeff Wilson at the last moment, you're winning life. Right. So like these are things that are okay. But if you're someone that didn't even make the playoffs, you're in the consolation bracket and you play Jeff Wilson, I don't congratulate you. Right. So I think it's hard because how many people rolled out Duke Johnson, even though we were like, okay, it's a it's a good Hail Mary thing, you know, again, we got a Nando special going on here, which I love. Uh (laughs) but if you were Hail Marrying it, is that success? So I, it's a right, you needed the big time backs all year yeah. long to get to the playoffs. You you couldn't just 
dra- you know, have scrubs. There was a couple guys that, you know, the if you drafted the Leonard Fournettes in the 10th round, the Melvin Gordons, the, um, uh, who else? Uh, I'm trying to Joe think Mixon, the Leonard Fournette, Austin no, Eckler. Well, oh, you're no, talking about Joe the low, oh, the James Conner. No, I'm talking like Cordero D- Patterson. Yeah, the J- that's who it yeah. is. Brandon, that's who I, that's who I'm blanking on. James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon's like unless you had these guys that were drafted, you know, mid rounds that carried you. Um, you know, you needed the big time backs this year. But, you know, I know we're bouncing around. I know we're getting to the end of the show, but I just wanted to touch it. We talked about running backs. We talked about the receiver position. But what we didn't talk about was how funny it is that the tight end position was dead all these, you know, last month or two, it seemed like. We were just going down that dark tight end road again. And then in a week where everybody bombs uh, fantasy-wise receiver and running backs pretty much, the tight end position shines. Yes, smoking hot. Uh, (laughs) Travis Kelsey, who who we almost had on life support in the last couple of weeks, pops with 41 fantasy points to lead, you know, everybody. Um, you know, Dalton Schultz had a nice 20-point week. Kyle Pitts had a decent Hunter week. Hunter Henry uh, coming Mark in. Andrews, Hunt, Mark Andrews, 36 fantasy points, stud, carries teams. George Kittle, another solid week. Um, yeah, I mean, the tight end position really stepped up and uh, came back to life this past week in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. And if you plugged in Huntley, congratulations to you. I did want to do a, a, a Derek yeah. Henry check on this like stud running back and go back. Still RB9 and half point PPR legs. Still <laughs> RB9. If he, finishes, <laughs> if he finishes the season, if the end of the season comes and he sneaks in as like RB12, I think that would be one of the funniest things going that he finishes as an RB one with missing more than half of the season. That'd be pretty awesome. It would wouldn't, be. It, wouldn't it be nice uh, that any of us could be as good at anything as Derrick Henry is at being a running back? Like that should be all of yes. our goals. It's like, I, I will, I mean, what a stud, what a stud. And that is why you have to keep your head on the level because if you had had him, you had enough time to pick up one of these other dudes, which is why sometimes injuries don't totally derail your season. And I just want to say for those of you that are here, congratulations, because you all hustled. You had to hustle this year. There is no way you're listening to the show if you did not hustle. So congrats and cheers to you. And I hope everyone has good luck this week because we also need a little bit of that. You're right, Chris. I mean, it's a skill, but we also need a little luck. So we're giving it to you. But congrats, because you did have to hustle this year. This was a big hustle year for sure. Yep. And we hope we helped in some small way. Yeah. Or large way. Yes. Uh, but we do have to go. Uh, time's up. Thank you all for uh, for listening. Merry Christmas to those of you who Merry Christmas, everybody. Woo-hoo! Yes. We hope you're taking the week off like Chris Vaccaro and hope you let people know uh, farther ahead of time than the day. I was just joking, by no, the way, no, people. No, 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 I will no, 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 be no, writing no, you an hey, article. You, no, don't, don't do the article. If you don't do the article, I don't have to edit the article. So. Well, I mean. You're not hurting you, anybody's feelings. You edit it like here. a. You edit it like a week and a day and a half later anyway. Like, oh, you sent it? Oh. I mean, you're, if you want to get into it here, everyone else hands their columns in on No, just, just text me at 6 a.m. like you usually do. Yeah, that's for pals. I'm up. I'm thinking of you when I wake up. <laughs> <Scary>. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Good luck. <laughs>